bench, though. That's, that's something I can draw. That's something not too hard. So the Lord wants us to bear fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, another point, spill in here in your blank. The fruit of the Spirit is singular. Notice it doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. So some people are more naturally inclined to certain fruit of the Spirit. Right? Some people are more naturally patient. Some are more naturally kind. Some are more naturally full of joy. They're just optimistic about life. But it doesn't mean you can do the ones you're good at and then neglect the other ones, right? Well, I'm pretty good at this, so the rest of them, they're not really that important. God wants us to grow in each and every fruit of the Spirit. We can't be picky about it. They all come through the, the Holy Spirit into our lives. So you can't just say, well, I was born this way. This is just who I am. We all have that cop out. We are all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. David told us that, and we all we all are. So we could say that, but it's it's not a good excuse. I think it was uh, down in the down in the south. They say things a little stronger, just like the East Coast. And I heard recently that an excuse is just a very thin-skinned lie. Something to think about. It's not in my notes, just food for thought. Gifts show ministry. They show my ministry. And God gifts us with different things to be part of the body. We That's a whole other study, but the Bible talks about how we have different gifts. And we're, we're given those gifts by the Lord to be part of ministry in His body in one way or the other. And just as gifts show our ministry, fruit shows our maturity. Fruit shows our maturity. And again, maturity is both challenging and encouraging because we never have the right to just say, I don't need to change in the Lord. I've been living for Him X amount of years. I've arrived and I can just kind of coast until Jesus comes because I look over here at this person and I'm doing a whole lot better than they are, you know. So, I'm okay. It's not a comparison. It's not compare yourself among yourself. That's unwise, the Bible says. But we're all expected to continue to grow. That's the challenging part, but it's also encouraging to me because that means the glaring faults and failures that I currently have don't have to remain that way. I can get better and I can get stronger through the power of His Spirit. God can help me as I surrender myself to Him. Because God, thankfully, in His mercy, never tries to point out all of our faults at one time. We see Him more than He does. I mean, He sees Him, but He, he puts on us what we can bear, and He just holds us accountable to change as He convicts us to change. Does that make sense? He doesn't require us to grow up all at once. But he wants us to change. Just like in the natural, you may not expect your two-year-old to carry a lot of chores and responsibility in the house. They're two years old. can barely get the fork to their mouth. 
You don't want them dragging the the garbage across the parking lot and trying to put in the dumpster. It's not going to be a good result. But they're 16, they're 17, they're 18, they, they can start carrying some more of the load around the house and maybe even have a job and pay some of the bills. I don't know, I'm just dreaming about when Charity gets a little older. Maybe not, but just being optimistic. But the Lord is the same way. He expects more out of us the more we have been living for Him. Again, that's why we don't compare ourselves to other people in the body of Christ and think, well, I'm doing okay compared to this person. Well, they've been living for the Lord three days and you've been living for the Lord 30 years. You know, It's going to be a little difference, as there should be. And I pray in our church we always have a variety of difference because that means new people are coming to the Lord. So our fruit shows our maturity. So we need to continue to be improving in these things in our life. People need to see these things on an increasing basis in our lives. As the longer we live for the Lord, the more we should be loving, the more we should express joy regardless of circumstance, the more we should express and enjoy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control the more we should be growing in each of these areas in every area of our life number four developing the fruit of the spirit in my life is the ultimate spiritual experience developing the fruit of the spirit in my life is the ultimate spiritual experience this side of heaven because we become like Christ. Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Again, transformation is not a small change, right? Transformation is a complete overhaul. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Not just to others, but also even to ourselves. God will teach us what is His perfect will. And He'll show others through our life what is His will. The way that we ought to live. And again, with all of Galatians 5, 19 through 21 being broadcast in our society, all these evil things, how much more does God desire to shine through us a right kind of life? How we should live how we should love our families, how we should love our neighbors, how we should do these things in accordance with God's word. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I guess we're not going to get through part two today. So there's the, the four type of people in Mark 14. It says, the farmer, not, the farmer I talked about is the one who brings God's message to others. It's pretty small print, I realize. So if you have glasses or magnifying glasses, you might want to use those. Long arms. <laughs> Selfie stick to hold your paper out. Mark 4, 14. 
The farmer I talked about is the one who brings God's message to others. So the farmer is a preacher of God's word. Okay? It doesn't mean the word of the Lord. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the message, but then Satan comes at once and takes it away from them. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. At first they get along fine, but they wilt as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word. So as soon as someone comes along and makes fun of them for believing the word of God, they just wilt because they don't have any depth. The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for nice things. So no crop is produced. And finally, the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's message and produce a huge harvest. 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. So there's four different kinds of people that hear the word of the Lord. Pathway people, rocky people, thorny people, and productive people. So some of the characteristics again. Pathway people are hardened by the influences that they allow to beat a path to their lives. I don't know if you're going to have very much room to write that, but basically they're hardened by influences they allow. Pathway people are hardened by influences they allow in their lives. We have to be careful who our friends and associates are. And again, we're, we need to be friends with sinners. Jesus was. But our best friends should be people that help us be more like Jesus. Does that make sense? And we have a really important question. We ask someone who's following Jesus. It doesn't mean we don't love other people. We don't respect other people. We don't be kind and, and try to do everything we can to show them love of God. But when it comes down to the real hard situation, we need to lean on people that are walking the same path. Because other people can discourage us and get our hearts hard. And then we can't receive the Word of God. Uh, the literature we read and the TV programs we watch. It can harden our hearts towards the things of God. Again, we, sometimes people say that when, when uh, people talk about limiting certain types of media or being careful what we watch or we listen to, they say... You know, I'm an adult. Nobody needs to tell me what to do. You don't have to do You can do whatever you want. You are an adult. God gives you that right. But we can all stick a gun to our head and pull the trigger. I know that's pretty drastic, but we can do that. We have the right. But when we overexpose ourselves to those things that are contrary to God's word, Immediately killing ourselves, maybe, but slowly killing ourselves. So we have to be careful how much we expose ourselves. And I've heard a good way is just to think if uh, Jesus was sitting right next to me in the flesh, would I be ashamed to watch this? 
Would I be embarrassed about something that's in this? Because, you know, we don't see him, but he really is there with us. <laughs> so just be careful. The music we listen to constantly, okay, again, our main source of music doesn't mean we're walking to the store and we hear, you know, a song. It's going to all of a sudden just harden our hearts. We're not going to be saved. I'm not talking about that. But if you just constantly listen to things on purpose that are contrary to God's word over and over and over, it affects you. It hardens your heart. The pursuit of pleasure. Pleasure over pleasing God. Our personal ambitions. Things, again, that maybe we want, but it's not God's will for us. And our private thought life. We have to submit these things to God so they don't harden us towards God. So that otherwise the, the word of God falls and people, as soon as they walk away from that encounter, it's stolen by the enemy. It never has a chance to get in the soil and take root. And sometimes, not so much people that are here necessarily, but people that just come to service, you know, occasionally, they don't really get a lot from the word of God because they're not in a place where they're allowing the Word of God to get deep in their life. I hope that makes sense. But they may come every Sunday, but if their mind is elsewhere, as soon as they leave church, it's gone from their mind, it's gone from their heart. It's as if they weren't even here. There was no change in their life. It was momentary. So we have to be careful that when we come to the house of God, we're, we're ready to receive His Word. And we're encouraged in Hosea to break up the fallow ground. Hosea tells us, I think it's chapter 12, verse 2. I don't have the reference here, but break up your fallow ground. Through repentance and through prayer, God will break up that ground inside of us that's hard. And He'll rain righteousness upon us. So, all right, on to rocky people. Again, I'm not, I'm not a, I know it's a little convicting tonight, but I'm not, not meaning to be discouraging. I'm meaning it to be hopeful. Rocky people. The other type of person that we wanted to avoid being. It says that rocky people are so shallow that they never develop what it takes to serve God consistently. Never develop what it takes to serve God consistently. There's only a thin layer of soil. A superficial experience in their lives. It's a, if you have a field littered with stones, it's hard to grow a crop there. There's obstacles of disobedience, and there's also streaks of gravel in the soil. People with streaks of gravel in the soil maybe have a spirit of ingratitude or criticism. There's areas of their life where nothing can grow because they're constantly being critical of everyone or everything, or they're simply ungrateful. And the Bible says in the last days people will be unthankful. And not only is it a slap in the face of God for all of His goodness when we're unthankful towards Him, but it's also a sign of unbelief. Because if I can thank Him, it shows I have faith that He's working all things out. Right? I know He's doing something good. So we want to make sure that we're not we're not shallow in our relationship with God due to 
ingratitude or criticism or disobedience. We want to get our roots deep in God. And then there's uh, thorny ground. Thorny ground is uh, when people are crowded by distractions. Their life's crowded by distractions. And again, it's probably just me and my... Maybe I have a little bit of ADD or something, but I have to focus on the goodness of God and I constantly am finding myself redirecting my my thoughts. And there's... Again, I'm not against these things. I use these things, but whether it's TV programming or it's social media, it's constantly changing your mind. Right? It's giving you one thing to think about. Then it's giving you something else to think about. Then it's giving you something else to think about. Then something else. And your mind is just spinning. And those things steal our faith because we're constantly, our mind is scattered and it's going here and going there and going there instead of being trained and focused on what's God's purpose and His plan for today. So there's cares and anxieties of life, things that are are real troubles and struggles. And I'm almost done. Just give you a little bit of hope in case you're anxious about that. But there's real struggles that we could point to and say, I have every right to be worried about this because it's a real thing. It's a, a real trouble in my life. But we can't allow those things, those cares and anxieties to get so much in our life that we don't have faith. We're focused more on God than our problems. Does that make sense? And there's also the cares of uh, the life, this life as far as pursuing material things, pursuing wealth, fame, fortune, those type of things that really won't produce what we're looking for. And then finally, there's the good ones, the productive people. The ones that we want to be. Okay? Productive people. The goal that only the Holy Spirit can produce. Or good ground to grow the fruit of the Holy Spirit. These are these are people with hearts that hear the word and they receive the word. Not just the parts they want to hear but they hear and receive even the admonition. The admonition means it may be telling me I need to do something differently. I need to change. And if it's telling me that and I'm going to be productive, I need to be receptive to that and I need to receive it. It talked about the people who were converted in Acts chapter 2. They were people that gladly received the word of God. They received the Word of God with gladness. They were excited about the Word of God. They were eager to obey it. And productive people are people who live in the Spirit. They're people that are like the tree planted by the water. And in every season, they're able to produce fruit because they're connected to the life source. Not because they're special people as far as in, they're inherently better than other people, but because they're connected to the one who gives life. 
So plant me right next to the rivers of life. Again, John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So as we close tonight, I just want us to think of an illustration. And uh, this illustration was something that was based on the terrorist attacks of 9-11, the Twin Towers, when they were attacked. So imagine these things. If you were five floors above where the plane struck the World Trade Center tower, okay? Imagine if you were five floors above and you saw a plane fly into the trade tower five floors below you. You saw the flames and you knew you had five minutes to live. You have a cell phone. Who do you need to make things right with? Okay? Just think about that. This might tell you what we're going to talk about next week. A little bit about the measure of love in your life. Are there people that you need to make things right with in your life right now? Someone that if you knew you were about to die, obviously we want to be right with God. I heard God and that's number one. But besides God, if there's somebody else in your life right now that you are at odds with, and if you had five minutes to live, you would call them and apologize and say, I'm sorry, and make things right. Why not do that now? Why wait? Okay? What if you were five blocks away from the tower? You saw your office, your entire career crumble into the dust, before your eyes as the tower crumbles to the ground. Are you sacrificing your family, your marriage, and your relationship with God for things that really don't matter? Things that at the end of the time will just crumble and fall. Am I prioritizing the pursuit of the things of this life more than my relationship with God and my family? Finally, one other question to consider. What if you were five floors beneath the tons of rubble that descended in an instant? Today you would be in eternity faster than you can realize what's going on. Would you be saved or lost? God loves you, but you have to let Him in your life. Do you have a hope in Jesus Christ? And hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How, anyone? How is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts? I didn't give you the notes for this. Well, you might actually have it on the back. Flip the page, but... Anybody know without looking? Or with looking? Norma? Come and be confident. By the Holy Spirit. Very good. That's how the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Spirit. So again, the way we're going to have love... That's what we'll talk about a little bit next time. Is by the Holy Spirit. All of these fruit are produced by the Holy Spirit. So as we close tonight, anybody um, have a question as we're about to close? Just any questions?